0: everybody and welcome to another exciting edition of words images and worlds it is getting to be halloween time outside there are leaves on the ground um the sound of scary things hitting Netflix. And so it's a perfect opportunity to be talking with author Eric Hansen, whose work bridges uh Western, I believe. You've worked in in the Western genre, as well as uh horror, of course, being the the focus of this particular talk.
1: Yeah, the Westerns have been an interesting development because that happened this past spring. Mm-hmm. And Um, I guess a company that does horror has a Western side of things and they were looking for authors or pitches. And I pitched, yeah, I pitched a character in in a book and I was like, somebody told me, I'll pitch three. And I pitched three. And then they're like, well, we want five, which sounds way more, (laughs) sounds way more exciting and more big deal than it is. But I was like, Oh, five. I don't have five in my head, but okay, we'll just, we'll go with the challenge. So, um, but the funny thing about that is I went to NYU and from twenty eleven to 2013 and a few of you know you do plays and screenplays and TV there and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my first two or three works were Western, so everybody was like, oh, he's gonna be this Western screenwriter, which <laughs> <It's laughs> the only thing funny about that journey and getting this little modest it's it called yeah modest book deal is that I've used the character that I started at NYU. So it's, I, I, I never had plans. I never. Um, but it was a weird thing. I had a screenplay at NYU and then I had a play, um, using that character again. And that was like in 2016, 2017, I just thought, oh, that was fun. And it's just, mm-hmm. I was like, what I'm going to pitch and people responded to the character. And I just kind of framed, how can I, how can I find a world and, kind of tell a few stories about them. So that's where we're at. I just finished book one and two are out. And then I'm in the final stages of finishing the draft for book three. So yeah, I love it. Well, and I love
0: the the full circle nature of that too. When you get to revisit a character that's uh, either been there from, from the early years or uh, from when you're developing as a writer. So that's a very cool story. And you've also written, I believe, I was kind of checking your Amazon role. Um, so you have microfiction that's out there and present if people are interested in checking that out, as well as uh, some dramatic works. Is that right? Some uh, play style
1: material? That is, um, <laughs> that's completely correct. Um, I have, so similar to when you talk about like writers, not just in horror, putting out anthologies. The only difference about the theatrical works is they're good publications, but they'd be an anthology mm-hmm. of all different play- of all different playwrights. So it might be the best ten minute plays of two thousand and sixteen, and you have something in there, and that that kind of thing. Um, those are usually put out by a good press and a great editor. Now COVID changed that, and they kind of had to pivot. But those were mm-hmm. those were good good ones to get because you could find yourself. I'm not, I'm not like a fame chaser or like so in awe of being in a certain like oh, I need to be in a book with this playwright, but it does look good for you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, that, those those anthologies worked out to be pretty well because Barnes and Noble would stock some of them, and you know. So um, regarding fiction or short fiction, that's kind of another. I could sit there and list a couple presses that have my short works, but that interesting thing is, it's it could be another thing. It could be a book with three hundred writers who wrote a, a hundred right. words, a hundred word story, right. I, mm-hmm. And you know, fake somebody's, which we'll get to. I will be totally frank in terms of the material. Um, about nine of thirteen of those, or or eight of twelve of those, were previously published. Mm-hmm. And I had some people who were like, "Wait, it's in this anthology and this one." And they're going, "Oh, that anthology is twenty-five bucks, and that one's seventeen ninety-nine, and that one's this." And I just said, "It really was." Which I would encourage any writer, I don't care what genre, but in this day and age, all it took was me to spend a little time, go on my computer, and I saved things uh-huh. um, to go. Do I have the rights back to these things? And I did. And there might have been one or two publishers where I just said, "Hey." I'm going to use this. Is that cool? And they're like, Oh yeah, no problem. You know, we just, can you just nice. met, can you mention that he, you know, published here first or in the inside cover, just mention that this was previously published by whatever. Um, but yeah, that I like micro fic, I like all kinds of fiction. I love short works. Mm-hmm. I, I do, but I, I know there's a big variety of it, but you know, fake somebody is not to just merge immediately into that was just really a response to could I put together my own book? Do I have enough? Mm-hmm. And it, I felt like it was enough. And then, like I said, I threw in about three to four originals or newer ones that hadn't been published. I'm not even going to say never been published yet. Cause I don't know if they would have been, but um, yeah, toss those in there and that's <laughs> kind of where it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: and I love the, the short story form. I know, Of course, I wasn't alive when this was going on, but I know that there was kind of a short fiction heyday when writers like Ray Bradbury, Kurt Vonnegut um, could, you know, make a decent living at writing for the Saturday Evening Post, Um, you know, when families would sort of gather around and and read short stories instead of watching uh, whatever the latest reality TV show is. And so I have a, a big appreciation for the short story. And I'm also a person who likes to read and read in, in sort of on the go or right before bed mm. or, or whatever it happens to be. So um, short stories have that nice, compact nature where you can actually start something, finish it, and then sort of move on to the next thing. So uh, big appreciator of that that form.
1: Yeah, I agree. And it's a, it's... With you, whether you know life schedule or, or just you know taking advantage of oh the doctor's office or the dmb and you can just actually flip and read some oh this story is only a page and a half, but you feel like you know if you could connect to it and all that. But it is funny. I don't even want to say about the current market, but I will. There's a writer I know; he publishes all the time, and he's had many books out, and. I never fixated on the money aspect of it maybe maybe I should start car- caring more um <laughs> but but he, but he he was he's fascinating to me cuz there's this perception that he's making all this money from the books mm-hmm. and and he you know we were very candid with one another and he said no I was one 5000 word story I got a big check for and go figure depending on the press or whatever it was but that was a big payout, and he's like, all my books combined, the profits, and it has this perception that I'm big time. And he's like, I just one short story I wrote five years ago, that uh-huh, uh-huh. was, was like, that was like the whoa, <laughs> I could, I could take my wife or somebody out to dinner. Like this is amazing. Like it, and um, but you're right. I do, I do appreciate shorter works, and I think, if I'm being totally candid, and I do like to be candid about my style and the type of writer I am when I was at NYU or actually just my, my early playwriting career and then moving on and writing screenplays or whatever, I felt like I was so much better at capturing someone's attention for let's say 10 pages in a play Mm -hmm. or three, three, three pages of fiction, even though I wasn't writing a lot of fiction, but the, it was when I took these huge swings to be like, oh, this huge full-length play that's 155 pages, and I felt like I put, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into it, and you know, oh, this is gonna make me, or mm-hmm. people are gonna care so much, and you're just like, those are the ones I love on your computer, and everybody rejects, and you're like, wow, but then you just do the one that's eight pages, and people were like, wow, that's amazing, or that's this or this, and you're like, what? Just <laughs> so. Yeah. I learned long ago, as much as I appreciate all different forms, that the um, this is the the sad part, which I would like to think writers or any artist could identify with, is the amount of work on it does not dictate, does not translate to, uh, you know, this is going to be my best because I spent 180 hours on this. You uh-huh. could, there could be one thing you spent four hours on, you're like, I'm pretty good with this, pretty solid, and just send it out into the world, but. So that's kind of an interesting balancing act because you could, your brain can play tricks on you. Yeah. Like I'm working so hard on this. Therefore, I I don't see any errors in this anymore. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. 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 Well, you mentioned uh, um, that it's
0: not for the fame that you write and it's not for the money. So is it, is it the creative impulse? Is it the story that's inside you that just has to come out or something else?
1: I know. I know. I should really those first two things. I know I should really care about either one or one (laughs) or the other. Um, And I don't. I don't want to announce that to the to to certain folks. Right. Right. Uh, You know what I mean. (laughs) Um, No, there's a. You know, it happened long ago when I was at I was in college, and this is probably when the beast started, if you will, and I, I call it that. I'm not walking around calling myself that, but I just mean, I call it that in the sense where I was always a pretty good student and was just struggling mentally in like junior year of college. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was just bombing out. And my mom gave me one of these like, you know, tough love speeches of nobody's ever graduated college in our family and blah, blah, blah. And there I go. I'm like, wow. Like nobody loves to get ripped no one loves to get ripped, especially from a parent. Right. But when it came from that kind of end, I was like, you know, you process it, you spend a little time with it. And then there I am at the registrar's office going, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start and try this next semester and blah, blah. I mean, I was on academic probation first time ever. And like, was like, Oh man, this is really bad. Like I'm not going to. So I'm there and it's a elective for some like science thing, which me and science don't mix. Oh, uh-huh. You'll you'll know if I say the word science in a book, I think I think I should. People that know me should be shocked. But the other one was a playwriting elective. So long story short, I'll, just, I'll kind of cruise through that as I took the class and immediately connected with my professor. And she, after a few classes, I was just going home and writing at night not for class it was just it was like it happened it was like uh-oh mm-hmm. Some, something's taking now i will say my brother was an actor and did sketch comedy and so it was, it's not like i was it wasn't like a totally foreign world but i never really cared about plays but i just i was just going out or just going home and like okay i'm gonna get the school work done but then i'm writing monologues and writing things mm-hmm. and it just it started to really so when you say about fame and those things ever since that there was so much like i feel like in my life there's been not a lot of peace in some some categories whether that's upbringing or whatever it may be mm-hmm, but that mm-hmm. but that was like a forward thinking reaction to oh man i'm not going to be one of those people This sounds like I'm making fun of these people. I swear I'm not, but this mattered to me. I'm not going to be one of those people who's like 66 or even 42 and being like, I got free time. I just don't even know what to do with myself. I'm like, give me a few minutes and that's just what I'm going to do. And I just absolutely love it. And if I'm, I think I could be harder. Like I'm drafting my first novel and I'm really trying to be hard on myself, but I'm just saying it's one of those if you get five minutes or somebody gives you an hour I'm like oh it's like the best it's the right. best thing ever mm-hmm. and I don't mean to say that writing's easy because it's not but it just that zone mm-hmm. and that and when you talk about doctor's officer taking a shower or going for a run or what or you could be staring at something at the grocery store and an idea hits mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. oh you just can't wait or you feel like you figured something out and you're like you can't wait to dance with the pen and paper or the computer again. You're just like, I can't wait. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's, I swear, that's not even from some, I can't wait till people get to read how special this is. It's just like, you're just like, I feel like it's like you're cracking cases, you know? Right, like, right. yeah. And that's how I, how it feels for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's very cool. I love that. And I love that passion. Um, that drive yeah. and I also I appreciate the the supernatural sort of aspects of the stories that are in um, fake Somebody's. I also yeah. appreciate that and I I mentioned to you before the the episode kicked off that uh, I was sort of scrolling through NetGalley as I often do looking looking for what's out there and trying to you know peruse the the wide world and the cover the title um, the design, all of it, just grabbed me. So, shout out to the cover as well, but also the the contents. They're they're really interesting stories inside, and I appreciate, as I mentioned, the the sort of play with paranormal and some of those elements too.
1: Well, thanks. It's probably the first work I'll be this I'll be this honest that I like what's inside. I do like the stories. <laughs> but I would tell you that that covers done. The cover was the best decision because, me, like I said, I I know i I've tracked and paid attention to a cover artist in the horror community and blah blah blah. And she had a website up with available covers, and this was like honestly probably around around Christmas of so, so just yeah just this past Christmas and then it hit new year's and then there was this like hey i'm gonna offer a half off sale for new year's day or something like that and i'm sitting there going i've i've worked with publishers i've never put out my own book but i want this cover so bad so i like just secured it so i was like i don't know what i'm going to do with this i don't know what it's going to be called and then it just turned into you know like i said or like getting into that research mode of like, what do I have the rights to? Do I have enough? Do I have more than like 10, do I have like 10 to 12 I could put in here? And then I was like, oh, I could throw one into two new stories and then this and that. And uh-huh. then it was, yeah, what am I going to call this thing? And um, yeah, fake somebody's came um, and I'll be totally, con- I don't think I've even told anybody this. So I'm going to give you this one, that title. Uh-huh. You don't know where it's, what it's from. Well, I
0: think, Correct go, me if I'm wrong go for is it. it a is it a talented Ripley
1: it is yes. okay all
0: right all right well there's another thing that drew me to it yeah
1: well which that line in that film when he uh-huh. says you know I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody than a real nobody that that jumped out of me and I remember reading the Highsmith book uh-huh and I and I love Anthony Manla that he you know he he passed away but he was a playwright first yeah. So when yeah. I so when I kind of compared the two, which I don't do with a lot of things, but I compared the two, I said, like, "Wow, that's a Mangella, that's a Mangella line. That's amazing." Mm-hmm. I, just, <laughs> I thought it was such a home run. So I love um, it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like even cognizant of like, oh, I need to do that, but it was over the years. I'll be I'll be honest. I thought if I had like a production company or a publishing company, I was just like, I gotta get it's I gotta get fake somebody a real No, I gotta get that in there. you know and um, yeah so that's kind of how that was in in terms of the stories like I said it's just a just a big variety and as much as you you talk about the paranormal I mean I really just try and you know start with and think about the relationship first so it's like did those come across as as feel real and then I could get then I can kind of like whether it's you know she who laughs last I could blow up that world where it's like the thing inside a
0: mm-hmm. school
1: you know what mm-hmm. I mean so it's like if I could get a handle on you know the day-to-day and what are these what characters going through and what are their you know strengths weaknesses and all that all that business if I could kind of find my way into that I then I kind of put the other stuff that I throw them into where I think it works so yeah yeah.
0: But I, I love that line too. And just that, that whole concept. And I, I do think on some level there was the cover and then that title and I was like, Oh, there's so many things working here. <laughs> um, so you mentioned Patricia Highsmith, Anthony Mangella, any other notable influences, any other, uh, I feel like we're talking about sipping wine here. Any other notes of anything <laughs> in the bouquet that you'd like to mention?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, in terms of writers, I don't... The the weirdest thing, I don't... Uh, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I I feel like so many people try and... And I actually... I think I was guilty of this as a playwright. When I, I first moved to LA after college, the day after college, I went out there and I always had these like brash... I, I swear when i going to get to your point, but I had these like brash plays that were, felt very much like David Mamet or Neil LeBute <laughs> where I I was finding my voice and everybody, and I think what happened in college and why the woman was like, this this could work for you. And it wasn't, she was so straight up too. She says, this is gonna be a long, this is gonna be, a, you're playing the long game if you go this route. But she mm-hmm. says, you've mm-hmm. got, the, there's an ear for dialogue and there's this and that, which quite frankly, I wasn't getting compliments about anything at the times. So to me, I was like, wow, you're complimenting me about the thing that I'm actually going to do in private right now, this is amazing. But um, the early plays, I felt like I was not trying to be them, but trying to outdo them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is like ironic because I'm like, this is a black box LA theater. Like, who am I kidding? You know, we're we're playing right <laughs> next to a laundry mat and an ice cream shop and a you know cantina <laughs> below us. Um, so. In terms of, but my influences, my largest influences actually have been fiction. And I'm always sort of afraid of fiction, but I love like Sal Bello and like Henderson the Rain King. I think it's phenomenal. I love, I'm I marveled, marveled at like Orwell's talent. Like Animal Farm is huge for me, but I don't, I haven't visited it in a while. Like JD Salinger, but not Catcher in the Rye. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I like Franny and Zoe always resonated with me, and I revisit that a few times. Be like, wow, it keeps changing. Cause I'm like, am I changing or i am <laughs> I <I've been laughs> pre- pre- pretending to be mature now? <laughs> um And Sylvia Plath was like everything to me. I, yeah. I mean, I so yeah, like, and then, you know, there's a couple of Hemingways, I mean, the Old Man and the Sea and the, just material like that and i did get around to like some stephen king and things of that nature but i really wasn't a oh i'm targeting this genre or i'm you know all my influences are from this like larry mcmurtry or western i really think he's phenomenal um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there are some other I'm trying to think of the other is it joseph heller mm-hmm. yeah, yeah um yeah catch 22 yeah 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 catch like So sometimes you could just read something like I'm not always like, oh man, I wish I could, or like growing up, like from my late teens. And when I started to really get into reading, I wasn't like, oh man, I wish I could write like this. I wasn't even thinking in that zone. It was just kind of like a, how, how -hmm. did they do this? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we live in a, we live in a land of like Wikipedia and those things you're like, whoa. Oh man, this is terrible. Sylvia was doing this while she had two kids in the coldest winter ever. Mm-hmm, and, you mm-hmm. know, like those are like interesting backdrops for me. But as I've aged, and obviously I have a, a wife and a daughter, and like all this stuff, you got, oh, all this stuff starts to, you know, make sense. I don't, I'm not a big, like reading about bios, and I'm, I think some are very fascinating, but I just mean, Learning about all those like little factoids, but to me, it's actually it's interesting when it relates of like, wow, wow, he or she wasn't getting any time to do this because they were mm-hmm. a full time at this job and barely made any money, or that then they became something after their death, and all it's like it's pretty um it's pretty wild. But I think what I'm happiest about post NYU, I mean, I felt like when I got to NYU, I was really I really felt like i was crafting what i was Mm -hmm, and it mm -hmm. felt more like i wasn't oh yeah like i said doing some imitation or trying to outdo some people when it was familiar and like oh he's gonna go there and i'm like this is this is stupid like (laughs) you gotta find you know find the voice find the voice and find the style and um so that's kind of been the journey i love
0: it i also resonate with um Going through a trying to write like David Mammoth phase. I don't think I ever tried to outdo David Mammoth, but uh, I definitely had that phase. Uh, my wife would read some of the things that I would write, and she's like, This is not you. Who is this? And I'd be like, Well, it's inspired, but David Mammoth. Like, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for listeners out there that are curious about following along with your work, anything else that you want to share? about the most recent title being fake somebody's real nobodies, or uh, in addition to that, anything that you'd like to share about web presences spaces where people can go to check out the books. I mentioned, I went to your Amazon scroll um, and checked out some things. So that's definitely out there as well, but anything that we missed in that regard.
1: Um, I'll be on, I mean, I don't, I, I just have a page, but I mean, I'm my books are on Goodreads. So that's always helpful when people go there because it's, all due respect to amazon but it seems like a lot of people go to goodreads instead because like sometimes there'll be a discrepancy between the amount of reviews which i'm not like oh man that has you know but it's it's a enorm- the difference is pretty enormous sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you're like oh, on amazon this book's got five and then you just like you know you could be like somebody will be like that book has 75 goodreads ratings and you're like what it's got five on it and this doesn't even add up i like <laughs> some, somebody fake it, faking it i don't know what's going on but um yeah so i mean Instagram's the one i use the most try i've tried tiktok and i think i just like, like to make a video out of a post to think of a instagram <laughs> but that's like i have no skills <laughs> with that i'm like it takes me too long so um so the Instagram is at Haddonfield Hanson. So Haddonfield, the, you know, Halloween reference. Mm -hmm. So, so that's pretty much where I put whether I was on a podcast or whether I'm going to do an event or, you know, I'm going to get copies or something or a giveaway. That's where I post everything. Awesome. Awesome. Well,
0: anything that we've missed in the talk through that you want to make sure to share before we close out? Um i think i I think we ran through the the questions by way of conversation which is always nice
1: oh that's good i mean i'm gonna start rubbing my shoulder right now (laughs) um now i'm kind of like i said i'm drafting my first novel um other than that if people like westerns like i said that the two books are out already which you can find on my amazon scroll and um i am in the final stages to release a mothman related novella love so that sh- that should probably be in the spring so i'm just talking to a cover artist about that i don't know i can't give any more details about that but sometimes people are like oh wait like i would love cryptid stuff and like you gotta let me know and i don't have exact anything on that but i will say it's likely to be the next project while i tinker with the novel throughout this year so cool. that's pretty, that's it looking forward to that as
0: well and i'm glad to have you back on for a mothman themed episode
1: if you'd like to do that at some point <laughs> well, i'm down we'll see how let you look. let's read the book first and see if you would even want, <laughs> want me to so all right. all right
0: well well thank you so much eric pleasure to talk with you and glad to have you anytime all
1: right thank you so much Thank you.